Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? How are you doing? You say, well, I was fine until our masses were canceled. You know what? Our Lord's in control. Our Lord is in control. It's, it's uh, hurting many, many people, including bishops, who needed to make that decision. We're not in their shoes, and we need to trust that God knows what he's doing in building his church. You say, Mother Miriam, you're getting soft. What's going on with you? No. I love the church, and I trust God, and masses are now, all 50 states, um, uh, not happening, And but blessed be God, the priests and the bishops are still allowed to um, celebrate mass uh, for us, and we are not uh, prohibited from making spiritual communions. In fact, I've just ordered a very beautiful holy card to be printed for us, um, and they're gonna, I'm going to include them, um, have several thousand of them uh, in our Easter newsletter, which won't come out till next month, but they're being printed now, and you will have them. They're just very, very beautiful. And um, there's a note here from the Station of the Cross that aside from... Um, our regular 8 a.m. Mass, uh, which again is going to be broadcast. The Station of the Cross is rebroadcasting the Holy Mass at 7 p.m. in all markets where they broadcast, um, except Boston, which will be at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And Boston also has a later Mass at 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. So let's let me repeat that. Uh, the Station of the Cross normally, um, they have a regular 8 a.m. Mass, and that will be broadcast, uh, and um, they're going to rebroadcast that Holy Mass at 7 p.m. in all their markets except Boston, which will be at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and then Boston also has a later Mass at 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, and um, EDWTN is broadcasting uh, their masses, and let me see now, um, the Vatican, many dioceses, uh, they are broadcasting and streaming masses so we could watch them. We could pray uh, the mass along with them, and we could um, have a spiritual communion. We could ask God to enter us spiritually during this time that we cannot receive him physically. And um, I've mentioned several times that... Uh, the saints have told us that a fervent spiritual communion can be more effectual than a regular physical communion. Sometimes we go to Mass every day and or at least once a week, and it's somewhat, at some times, for some people, the kind of habit, and we, we our minds are on all kinds of things. Um, but a spiritual communion if received and asked for uh, fervently with our heart in this time of trial and loss could even be more effective effective, and bring more graces. Um, 
the Marians put out a father, the Marians of the Immaculate Conception. They're the ones that have the divine uh, mercy um, shrine at Stockton, uh, Massachusetts. Um, they live stream the masses every single day and the prayers needed, um, they say, uh, to supply you with the necessary grace to help get you and your loved ones through this time of difficulty and health concerns. Um, and the schedule, uh, I think it's uh, divinemercy.org on the web, um, daily from the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, we will live stream the following spiritual activities on our Facebook page, that's divinemercy.org. Um, number one, at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will bring you the Most Holy Mass, including the prayer to make a spiritual communion so you can receive the graces as if you received our Lord sacramentally in Most Holy Communion. At 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will broadcast the Novena and Chaplet of Divine Mercy, followed by benediction and a blessing with the first-class relic of St. Faustina. That's at the Divine Mercy Shrine. Also at the Divine Mercy Shrine at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, please join the Marian Fathers in prayer as we recite the Most Holy Rosary. And finally, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will live stream the Most Holy Mass in Spanish on our Spanish Facebook page, and that's La Divina Misericordia. Um, and all this information is posted on their website, which is thedivinemercy.org. So... Uh, much, uh, much help for us in these ways. And there's other, um, other sources, beloved, uh, for this as well. Let me just see what I have here. Hold on a moment. Um, uh, how to make a spiritual communion when mass is banned because of uh, the coronavirus. Um, you know we have a choice, beloved. We can be angry. We can be critical. We can be judgmental. We could say, what's wrong with these bishops and priests and all that, or the Holy Father or whoever it is, uh, for canceling masses. We're not afraid, all of that. But we don't have the information they have, beloved. We're not able to make the decisions they make. And we think we wouldn't make them, but we're not in their shoes. We're also not under their obedience. You say, what obedience? That's my point. You don't know. We don't always know everything. And so I think if we continue with an angry heart or a bitter heart, a judgmental heart, we're going to cause greater suffering for ourselves than God has put a allowed to come upon us through this plague, through this pandemic. You may think it's political. I mean, all kinds of opinions floating all over the place. It will not help. And it will not help our Lord for us to not be trusting him and adoring him during this time. Whatever the cause, whatever, whoever's allowed what, for ever, ever, any reason, God has allowed it. And we need to spend our time drawing near to him and adoring him and trusting the situation that he has allowed. I think of someone like Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who lived for a long time without the Eucharist, and now in this day, 
well, it's because he's a priest that he won't live without it at the moment. But um, there are people in our life uh, that, that have grown up uh, without the sacraments, and now they are again without the sacraments. Um, it's new for us, but there are people who have suffered uh, under communism and other things for most of their life. So God is giving us a taste of what it means to to suffer with him, to come into union with him and have a spiritual communion and trust and pray and feel a longing for him more than we did when Mass could be received any day and almost any time of day. You know, nah, I don't think I'll go this morning, I'll go this afternoon, I want to sleep in this morning, or I have an appointment, I'll go tonight. You know, all these choices we can just make but now we don't have them. And now we long for our Lord more, which is really a beautiful thing. We should long for him like this all the time. So we need to trust him and we need to thank him that many churches are still open where people can adore him. Um, closer, uh, smaller chapels and uh, are closed uh, because there'd be too many people in a little space. That might be one reason but um, but we can adore him, and we can pray, and we can unite our hearts to him at any time. Um, there's an article here uh, by Doug Mainwaring on LifeSite News, and he said, if you are unable to attend Mass because of measures take, taken by your diocese to halt the spread of the coronavirus or are otherwise homebound, consider making an act of spiritual communion. And think about the, the, the saints who were spiritually bound in bed their whole lives, and they lived, well, they lived on the Eucharist, yes. That's, that's the opposite of my point, isn't it? But there are many who lived without the Eucharist. Saints down through the ages have recommended the simple practice of a spiritual communion. And um, St. Saint, Saint John Vianney said, if we are deprived of sacramental communion, and this is the saint that um, was, uh, dropped out of seminary and was he couldn't learn Latin, and they gave him a parish way out in the boondocks that nobody had been to for years and years and years, cobwebs all over the place. And he cleaned it up and he began, I think he lived on a bowl of potato soup a day, and he began to hear confessions. And somehow people knew of him there, and they formed lines um, for confession. Uh, around For over a mile long, they waited to go to him for confession. So um, at such times, beloved, we seek God with all our hearts, and he will never fail to come to us. He will never fail to come to us when we long for him like that, and we ask him, and we ask him to come to us in lieu of uh, a physical communion. There's the music for our break, beloved. It'll be just a short break. We'll come back and continue with some of the quotes from the saints. Don't go away. We'll be right back. <clears throat>
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day, and we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. It's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that he is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite news is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000 so I would urge you beloved if you can to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism to donate click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020 thank you and God bless you for your generosity Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. It's so good to be here with you, truly, truly, truly. Um, and um, let me repeat that the Station of the Cross has a regular Mass at 8 a.m. They're broadcasting all of this, beloved, and um, they're rebroadcasting the 8 a.m. Mass, um, a Holy Mass at 7 p.m. in all markets except Boston, which will be at 6 p.m. P.M. Eastern Time, and then Boston also has a later Mass at 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. So you can listen every day, more than once a day, uh, whenever you can work it in. And again, um, I'm I'm trying to give you a few other resources for the Holy Mass. Um, if you are a supporter of the Station of the Cross, you will you will uh, the, uh, let's see now one two, four times there. Mass is being um, uh, broadcast and rebroadcast. So 8 a.m., 7 p.m., 6 p.m., and 9 p.m. Um, and so that's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for you to join in, in addition to other um, other Masses, maybe from the Vatican, maybe from a diocese, uh, through EWTN, through the Divine Mercy Shrine, Lots of lots of opportunities for us. If we don't have a, a TV, we we could most of us listen on 
uh, our computers or iCatholic.com uh, or our iPhones. Uh, such technology today is, is just such, such a gift. And the article I was reading a little earlier that um, was written by Doug Mainwaring of LifeSite News, he says if we're deprived, no, in fact, this was a quote from um, St. Jean-Marie Van, uh, Vianney, uh, um, St. John Vianney, um, he says if we're deprived of sacramental communion, let us replace it as far as we can by spiritual communion which we can make every moment, for we ought to have always a burning desire to receive the good God. And why would be we be deprived of sacramental communion if we look back in our history? It's because of very many plagues, very many plagues. And um, let me just see, this is also... Um, um, St. Vianney said, Communion is to the soul like blowing a fire that is beginning to go out, but that has still plenty of hot embers. We blow and the fire burns again. After the reception of the sacraments, when we feel ourselves slacken in the love of God, let us have recourse at once to spiritual communion. When we cannot go to the church, let us turn toward the tabernacle. No wall can separate us from the good God. You see, we can face the tabernacle even if we can't see it. We can draw our hearts. I spent three weeks in Vladivostok, eastern um, uh, Russia, Soviet Union, um, and I was there. Oh, I have to. I have to. F- I have to think of when uh, early, early two thousand. And um, the wall, let's see, the wall was restored in 89. I, I don't remember the year it was. It was in around 2000 some. And um, the crosses were turned down, were, had torn off, been torn all the churches. The streets were uh, short blocks apart, but they were steps. You had to climb, like, climb, like steps had been built into a mountain. That's how we got to church by climbing up each block until we got to the church on top. And 80-year-old women, all kinds of people, everyone would climb, walk to church for miles. That's how they got there, for love of the Eucharist. And because it had been taken for the, from them for so long, um, they were willing to do anything to suffer, to re- rebuild churches so that their children and grandchildren could have um, uh, a more normal Catholicism and have our Lord available, you see, but now it may be taken away from them again. But it showed me the love of people who would sacrifice nothing to be with our Lord and walk, some of them, at least two or more hours, elderly people on canes and other things to get to the Mass. And they knew for years what it was when the churches were shut down to not be able to get to Mass at all. And so for us to, whatever we think, whatever our judgment is of what, what's happening, what should be done, what shouldn't be done, um, we need to trust that our Lord is allowing this and we need to join in with his sufferings and the sufferings of many of the saints through the years who went through 
uh, more than we are experiencing now. St. Thomas Aquinas described spiritual communion as an ardent desire to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament and a loving embrace as though we had already received him. That's it. Some people say, well, I don't want spiritual communion. I want Jesus. Well, the fact is you can have him through spiritual communion if your heart is right. It's an ardent desire to receive Jesus in the Holy Sacrament and a loving embrace as though we had already received him. Um, uh, St. Hosea Maria Escriva says, What a source of grace there is in spiritual communion. Practice it frequently, and you'll have more presence of God and closer union with him in your life. And finally, St. Teresa of Jesus, that's St. Teresa of Avila, said, when you do not receive communion and you do not attend Mass, you can make a spiritual communion, which in a most benef- is a most beneficial practice. By it, the love of God will be greatly impressed on you. I'm going to read this um, act of spiritual communion. One of one of others, uh, but this one is by St. Alphonse Liguori, and he says, My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacraments. I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. You can find that online. You can go to um, lifesitenews.com and look at the uh, article titled How to Make a Spiritual Communion when mass is banned because of coronavirus and you will you will get that then beloved let us suffer more not because of the circumstance um, that we're experiencing anew because in america especially we've had so much when we wanted how we wanted as we wanted so much um, but not everyone has known that and we did not grow up in a conument communist country look at look at china now look what the people are experiencing in china not just because of the the plague but because of communism um and priests who aren't priests and people who cannot receive communion uh that is truly the body and blood of christ very very rough but we need to join with our lord on the cross and console him by walking with him in his sufferings in order that we might please him and not complain. What if you think if anyone could have complained, our Lord could have, huh? What about those Jewish people? I came from heaven. I took flesh on the part of one of them from the Blessed Mother to, to, to save them. Uh, and, and look what they're doing. They're, they're spitting at me and they're cursing me and they're um, putting nails into me. I came that they may have life, but they will not come to me that they may have life. If anyone could have complained, beloved, 
He came to his own, the scriptures say, his own did not receive him. What a, what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. We, we have no complaint next to our Lord if complaint were in order. But the fact is, he didn't come to live. He came to die. And he laid down his life for us. Yes, he did. And so, our Lord was not in control of all that happened to him. But he came to die by the people, the very people for whom he came to save. And he allowed them to do what spit on him, mock him, scourge him, kill him. He allowed them to do it all. So let's not turn our backs on this opportunity that God has given us to enter into a bit of his sufferings, different circumstances, but nonetheless an attack against him. Any attack against the Eucharist is attack against Christ. Any attack on his people is an attack against him. And so he's suffering also with us, in us. That's why St. Paul said, I make up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. What on earth was lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Nothing. And yet, um, he suffers through us, through his body, the church. Um, So let's turn our our hearts around, beloved. Let's say, Lord, uh, we haven't had too much, not in America anyway, we haven't had very much opportunity to suffer for you. Our sufferings have been absolutely minor, really minor. Yeah, people come against us for our faith. They mock us. Maybe they, they spit on us. Maybe they hit us. Maybe they slander us. Maybe this, maybe that. It's What is that? That's not a tiny fraction of what our Lord suffered. So if he's giving us this time, beloved, to join with him in his sufferings, to know what it means to be, we don't have to know what it means to be without God as our Lord was on the cross. My God, my God, said he, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew what it was for God, so to speak, to turn his back on him. God has not turned his back on us. He has not. We are not yet suffering as Jesus did. We are not. We are not. And yet he suffered, the writer to the Hebrew says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and suffered the shame. Let us join him in that. Let us endure the cross. Let us draw nearer to him in this time of trial, during the virus, during the masses being closed, um, all of that. Let us draw nearer to our Lord than ever before and ask him to come to us spiritually Um, and to honor him and to be his good witnesses, not to draw inward, um, not to be self-centered, but to be his witnesses in this world and hold up the faith that the world might be saved that needs him now more than ever. Um, There's the music for our break, beloved, and we come back. We will take your calls, your texts, your emails. Call in with anything on your heart. Uh, Toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. These were the men and women of genius and heroism. We have to look at these men and women and see what it was in them that made them such giants of history. And we will discover that it was nothing other than the truths of eternal Catholicism. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Um, and we have a whole half hour all to ourselves for your questions, calls, texts, emails. I do the best I can in answering you. I don't always do so well, but we have resources to send you to if, if I don't know the answer. Let me repeat again that um, for those of you who can watch the Mass, um, being live streamed or listened to it, uh, audio. Uh, the Station of the Cross has a regular 8 a.m. Mass every day that is broadcast and also rebroadcast um, the Holy Mass at 7 p.m. So 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. in all their markets except Boston, which uh, is at 6 p.m., and Boston also has a later Mass at 9 p.m. So if you're in Monday through Friday, so if you're in Boston, um, it's at 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. And other than that, on Station of the Cross, you have the regular Mass at 8 a.m. in the morning, rebroadcast at 7 p.m. So that's from the Station of the Cross, beloved. But many other Masses are broadcast, um, EWTN and from the Vatican, and many dioceses are are broadcasting their masses um, and many dioceses uh, just as ours in Tulsa 
the bishop is asking every priest to celebrate Mass every single day privately uh, for the uh, faithful in the diocese and beyond. Uh, we have a call from Paul in Braintree. Hi, my friend. Good morning, Mother Miriam. I'm, I'm Good morning. Doing well. I'm I'm staying strong in the faith, Good. and uh, and gonna we're gonna weather this. And I was just saying to Eliza, this is a few rant thoughts I have. I think that regardless of how much suffering is going on here, that uh, you know we have to remember we're all called to be disciples uh, for Christ, and we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. Amen. You know, Amen. and we have to understand that the road is rocky. There's many obstacles. There's many pitfalls out there. But Jesus ensures us, you know, unless you're willing to endure those and submit to them and yeah. to take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And, That's you know, right. and I think that I, as I've said to myself, I just like I said, Mother Miriam, I look at everything in this world through only two prisms, the eyes of God and the lens of Scripture. That's all I need. You know, I like I said, I know that there's a panic out there. I know it's uh, people are, are discouraged, but you know, this face it, this these we've got to remember. And I know I preach the choir when I say this to you. We might almost realize these these are these are uh, fruits of panic and discouragement. Among others, are rotten, spoiled fruits that the devil puts right out there. And if people, unfortunately, if they succumb to it, you know, they really they got to realize that you know God is in charge because He is God and we are not. And we have to understand that. You know, of course, yeah. there's going to be suffering, but you know, the fact of the matter is. You know, and we we have to use this suffering in a redemptive way. You know, the world teaches us the, the total antithesis of what redemptive suffering is. The world That's right. run away from it because it dehumanizes you, it marginalizes you, it's just rubbish. You know, and that's what the that's what the, the secular world promotes and what they promulgate. We have to take a different approach. What God asks of us to do, what Jesus is is commanding us to and do, and He makes us saints that. through suffering. That's yeah. right. Exactly. And how we respond to exactly. it, Paul. Paul, you dear soul, I I couldn't get to mass this morning, of course, because there wasn't. And you've just given me right. my sermon. God bless you. <laughs> Perfect. Priest, but you know, but I, but I always pray for the priests, and believe me, Mother. Yes. I pray for them at this time, and, I, and our bishops. Bishop yeah. Billy, uh, Cardinal Sean O'Malley here is doing an amazing job. I love Cardinal Sean. I'm so um, glad to hear and, that, and, Paul. And the three and the three seminarians that I am—I'll just say their first names: Nick, Patrick, and Peter. They know who they are, friends and benefit. And I'm benefactor to the three of them. I pray for them and pray for all their brother seminarians all the time, Mother. We mm-hmm. have to pray for all of these priests. Yeah, we do, Mother. We're all we're all under attack, and we need yeah. to fight back. We got the cross of Christ leading us, and and, our, and don't forget Our Lady as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to ask everybody to uh, go to the stationofthecross.com later today and re-listen to Paul 10 times. Perfect. Just perfect, <laughs> Paul. I love you. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Love you too, gonna, mother. <laughs> okay, God bless you. Thanks for your call, God sweetheart. Bless you okay, you bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye. We have a text from Todd who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. Can you tell me if I'm making a mockery out of confession if I continually commit the same sins knowing I'm going to commit them while keep going back to confession and um, and staying saying the same ones in confession. Thanks. Well, Todd, um, I, I'm on the borderline to not say yes to that. Um, it's not so much a mockery out of confession because we cannot mock God. Ultimately, he's the one who forgives us through the priest. And... Um, when we go to confession, uh, we should have uh, a 
firm purpose of amendment to not commit those sins again, even though we might. Um, Most of us, Todd, have uh, areas of weakness that we fall into maybe the rest of our lives. Maybe God has allowed them, uh, as he allowed the Apostle Paul's infirmity, to keep us humble so that, you know, we, we, we know that uh, he, we, we always remember that he died for us as well as everybody else um, uh, and to keep us knowing how much we need him. But it should be the case, at least, Todd, that when we go to confession, we have determined to not repeat that sin again even though we know we've been to confession for it before we we really did not want to repeat it we determined not to and yet we did so we we keep going back but um i'm not going to go to confession and i don't suggest anyone go to confession for sins that they know they're going to continue in while they're in confession Uh, i think that is um uh it's no good for it's dangerous for your soul and we don't fool god the priest may say i absolve you but that grace will not be effective to us really unless we turn from that sin and as i say not uh, not that we never commit that sin again uh but but the intention shouldn't be there so todd if you're in any particular sin that you continue in don't give up don't be discouraged uh don't fall into a, a depression about it but i would say get a spiritual director see if you could find a holy priest um, who can begin to help you all right and who can be praying for you and he can be your confessor and he can, can he can receive your confession and absolve you truly as you're going through the process but I would say don't stay as you are. Um, God knows your heart um, and the fact that you'd like to turn from this sin but don't have the, the strength to do it. So I would I definitely recommend a good holy priest that can help you, Todd, and make him also your confessor. Okay, so don't worry about it. Don't ever give up. I'll say this to everybody. Whatever sin you're in, if you've got a... A sin that's taken over you it could be alcohol it could be pornography it could be whatever it is um don't despair if you despair um actually that's mortal sin because you've given up hope in god don't ever 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 give lose hope don't ever lose hope but know that you cannot do it on your own that's a matter of humility and there's no priest Um, no spiritual director that wouldn't want to help you uh, through this. So that's what I suggest, dear Todd. I don't suggest you stop going to confession, but that you do get help. Um, We have a text from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, can you speak on the extraordinary Eucharistic ministers and their place in the church? And without them, how long would masses be if only priests and deacons can administer um what about those who delivered to homes for sick and elderly well before vatican ii dear one um there was no such thing as an extraordinary eucharistic minister that i'm aware of the priests distributed holy communion period the priests distributed holy communion i um 
I have uh, my the last email that we sent out to those on our email list contained a Latin mass from 1940, and you can hear it. It's narrated by Bishop Fulton Sheen, the Latin mass. There was no other, and um, and that you could see the church. It was absolutely. It was absolutely packed. It was during a novena to Our Lady, I believe, of perpetual help, and the church was packed, and there was one priest. Now, whether other priests came to join him to to distribute Holy Communion, I don't know that, uh, but usually it was one priest and possibly two, and people would line up along the whole width of the sanctuary at the communion rail and the priest would simply walk to each one and then walk back and start again and start again and start again until the whole church had received holy communion so it wasn't a point of how how long it took nobody was in a hurry this is not fast food and so um uh, that's the way it was, and uh, again, uh, homes for the sick and elderly, the priest did that. The priest did that, not the lay people. Now, since Vatican II, we have extraordinary Eucharistic ministers or extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist, and their place in the church is within their title, extraordinary, extraordinary, not ordinary, extraordinary, and that is... Um, if there's a need now a church that's very large with one priest that doesn't mean there's a need but if there's a need because the the mass the the next mass is scheduled too soon and um and there wouldn't be enough time uh, of course one option might be to keep the masses uh, scheduled further apart time wise but if the priest is ill or uh, for different circumstances, um, then there are extraordinary Eucharistic ministers to assist the priest. Um, there should always be a server with a paten under the host, always. And um, uh, what else should I say? You say, uh, how long would the Mass be? I don't know. Uh, it would be as long as it is in Latin churches that are full. Um however long it is maybe it'd be uh, 20 minutes longer but that's fine that's fine um what about those who deliver to for sick and elderly well the church has allowed extraordinary ministers to do that the church has allowed everything that's happening for there to be six extraordinary ministers at each mass i i, I don't know that that's what was intended the same thing about those delivered to homes for sick and elderly i've seen priests give the host in a um um oh i'm so sorry a ciborium of a type it's uh, that the the uh, so-called eucharistic ministers will carry around their neck i i forget the the pics um and just receive the host to go back to their seats and stay around talking to people after that it's that is absolutely um debauchery what's a word for it it's it is uh, sacrilegious you don't walk around with jesus you don't sit back with jesus you don't stand around and talk uh, to parishioners when you have our lord with you they should be bowing before you so much much has gone awry and i would i would opt for no extraordinary ministers of the eucharist whatsoever um where there's more than one priest, 
uh, even in the Latin church, what my experience has been, Latin and Novus Ordo, um, where there are no extraordinary uh, ministers of the Eucharist, that the other priest or priests or deacons join during the time that communion would be distributed. So there are, um, so they have ability to distribute um, uh, more quickly to, to a large group. I wish that were done, not the priest take off because it's not his mass. He should be there for every mass to help distribute our Lord. That's that's what I think. The church allows more, and you are certainly legitimate doing what the church allows. The USCCB website has a description of extraordinary ministers of the Eucharist and all that is allowed. You can read it word for word there, and it's allowed. Um, there's our music. We'll be right back after the break, beloved. One eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails, and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis. And we, as laity, have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Hello, beloved. It's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that he is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite News is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. What a privilege we have to be together, you see. Our, our Mass has been taken from us. It hasn't been taken from us. We just can't go. But the priests are celebrating Mass every day for us. It, it's, it's still a very wonderful gift. And um, I want to read um, 
an email that would have been sent earlier this week. And I don't know from where it is. It's an email from Miramon, uh, someone named Miramon, um, who writes... My, now, I'm reading this after the fact because um, I'm, wherever Miramon is, the, the Mass is probably no longer celebrated there either. Uh, all the Masses in this country have been stopped uh, for public uh, attendance, but not, not for private uh, priestly celebrations. And Miramon writes, My family and I went to the church this morning and had a sudden feeling of grief and great lament enveloped our souls. The pews are empty, and the entire church is deserted. As we knelt down before the tabernacle at the Blessed Sacrament to utter our personal prayers, one by one, we began choking in tears as we struggled to finish the divine praises. There at the lowly corner of this huge building lies the Lord, alone, abandoned, left out. Never has this song been so powerful and so rich in meaning to me than today. And she quotes uh, part of the song, quote, Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when the stone was rolled away? End quote. And she says, where were we? Where are we? That's the email, beloved. You know... I have a couple of thoughts here. Um, the response of this family in that deserted church is very beautiful. And you know, until we experience some form of trial or persecution, our gratitude is not so great. How many times before would they have gone to a deserted church because maybe there's only one mass in the morning at eight or whatever time, and then it's locked the rest of the day, and our Lord is still alone and abandoned and left out. He's there all day, and nobody visits him, you see? And then when we visit him, we don't choke back tears and think, uh, were you there when they crucified my Lord, necessarily? But when we can't have him the way we wish, then we think of all these things, and then our hearts break and in that sense, beloved, if there's no other good that comes out of this, that's enough to make us begin to know the treasure we've had that people in communist countries have not had. The people in China with their underground church, churches being destroyed left and right, burned down, statues being destroyed, all of that, not because of the virus, but because of the government. And now, of course, because of the virus, too. Um, so, Miraman, I, I agree with you, and I think it, it's, if, if our Lord has uh, allowed this time only so that we can know who we are and who he is and miss him, um, it would be, um, uh, it's enough. It's enough that we long for him. It's enough that we long for him. Uh, we have a call from Demetrius in New York. Hi, Demetrius. <clears throat> Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you, go ahead, sweetie. So my question is, um, I recently... Um, 
I recently have been speaking to my priest about being received into the Catholic Church. And, about what? Um, I'm sorry. About what? About being received into the received. Catholic Church. Oh, how wonderful, Demetrius. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. But um, because of everything that's going on, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be received anytime soon since I can't get to church or go to mass. So what should people who are in my situation do until we're able to go back to mass, until we're able to um, be in contact with our priests? Again. Well, well, I read an article, and I forget by whom and where it was, um, but that those who are looking to enter the church this Easter can continue with RCAA and continue even to meet with the priest and learn, because you wouldn't be um, receiving our Lord before you entered anyway, you know, so that's not an issue. But if you're taking instruction, well, if you're... Go ahead. I'm honey. coming from the Orthodox tradition. Beautiful. Okay, that's very beautiful. So, so are you working with a priest or or somebody that's instructing you? Yeah, I'm working with a priest because they thought it wouldn't be appropriate for me to go through RCIA just because I've that's already perfect. received. That's perfect, okay. Demetrius. Continue to work with that priest. Continue to work okay. with that priest, and, and I would say continue to work with him, and probably he'll receive you into the church in Easter. I don't think that'd be a problem okay. for you. I've read that it's not. Now, there might be some dioceses. Um, I think the only ones who are allowed to continue uh, to meet and you know, are those who are coming into the church at Easter. Um, and so um, more than ever, I wish the whole world would come into the church right now um, because it's what everyone does need. Um, but Demetrius, I'm thrilled you're excited about it. I'm thrilled you're meeting with a priest. Um and that you're Orthodox and you already know and love our Lord. It's wonderful. So I would talk to that priest, and I don't know that there's any reason why you shouldn't continue and that he shouldn't receive you into the church this Easter and even privately uh, give you the Eucharist at that time. I'm not saying he should, but I read that that's very possible. So talk to him and let him okay. guide you through that. And trust God for his okay. answer. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love your show, and I love listening uh, to you. So, th oh, thank you. thanks, Demetrius. And we'll pray for you. I'll ask our listeners to pray for you and, and all those who are looking to come into the church this Easter. That's really wonderful. I'm thrilled. Okay. God bless you. Um, let me just read uh, one other. Let me read the announcement also. Um, those who are um, fans and especially supporters of the Station of the Cross. I love you because without the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, I wouldn't be here with you and we wouldn't be together and many other things wouldn't happen uh, because they both are all over the world. And so aside from the regular uh, daily 8 a.m. Mass of LifeSite News, uh, no, of Station of the Cross, excuse me, Station of the Cross has an 8 a.m. daily Mass that is rebroadcasting at 7 p.m. in all markets except Boston every day. So you can go uh, however you're able to live stream them on your phone, on your computer, um, and then Boston will be at 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. 
and so that's every single day. Uh, today is Friday. It's actually Monday through Friday. Uh, I don't believe it's weekends, but you should have no problem live streaming a mass um, on Sundays from the Vatican or your own diocese or EWTN or um, uh, the Marians of the Immaculate Conception in, um, um, what do I say, in uh, Stockbridge. Okay, so um, that's the program for today, beloved. I wish we were together over the weekend, but we're not. We have to be very grateful that we be together Monday through Friday. Love God. Be at peace. Live in gratitude that we still have him, that we can make spiritual communions. And in many places, we can. The churches are open even if they don't have masses. And you could sit before the Lord in the tabernacle. Many places. Be grateful because one day you may not be able to even have a church open. So be grateful, beloved. Spend time in prayer. 